Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. I was going to go into the thing about your personal echo chamber, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll do it anyways. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. We are coming from your personal echo chamber of hating everything and liking nothing. And today we are going to talk about some Dying Light 2 in Pokemon Legends Arceus. Is that the yeah. right pronunciation? Does anybody Maybe. actually know? So I think there's an English pronunciation and a Japanese pronunciation, and therefore it's led the entire internet to be confused. So What's I think the that's Japanese one of the two. One? Uh, the weird thing about it, I think the katakana says like "r say us," but in I this case, says, is the "u" not dropped? No, because don't they drop the "u" in a lot of things? Uh, sometimes, yeah, but be- because it's, because it's Katakana and it's got a consonant after it, it's probably not going to get dropped. Okay. But, yeah, but I think they don't say Arceus in English because of the Arse part of it. You know, in the okay. UK, they call people an Arse. Yeah. And they didn't want that for their Pokemon game. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Extremely unimportant. Pokemon Legends It's going to be a Arceus. long one today. Just Arceus. Arceus. This, uh, yeah, that's. I think that's the other. Yeah. Anyway. Arca US. <laughs> Anyways, before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month to help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to JCK, Tom Z, Chris K, Alan K, Dave Steele, and Corey Z for their contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to your bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Uh, this week, I don't know what we're going to... We'll talk about Savvy Sliders, the new slider franchise in Metro Detroit. Uh, and who knows what else. Maybe Brian will tell us about his cruise. I don't know. Yeah, I could do that. And uh, Yeah, and I'll tell you more about how Mountain Dew Spark has taken over my life. Uh, as always, we do appreciate feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe on Twitch as well if you don't want to do it on Patreon. Uh, you can also watch these Twitch episodes. We we record these and perform them live uh, on Twitch every other week. Alex, yes. any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys just had a tiny tear out uh, this past weekend talking about how they will... They're planning to go to the Horror Hound Convention, which is in Ohio, uh, at the end of March. So please give that a listen. They're also going to cover, uh, ahead of Ty West's new movie X, they're going to go back and revisit his film, The House of the Devil, from 2009. So please give them a listen. Check it out. Should be a good discussion. And, uh, yeah, there's probably going to be... I know Tim also put out a uh, an honor roll. Uh, this past week, talking about uh, Jack in the Box, Awakening, Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster, the free fall, the last thing Mary saw, and the Reckon, which are all the, horror the, films. The Reckon? Yeah. R E Q U I N. I reckon. No. No, there's a, it's a Q U in there. Probably French of some form. Not, uh, not you know. Recon? Sure, yes. Anyway. 
This episode sponsored by Duolingo. We've got the weirdest energy on this episode, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <clears throat> oh, boy. This segment sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Sure. Yeah. Not really. No, not at all. Learn how to not pronounce Pokemon Legends Arceus in any language, and uh, the word reckon, R-E-Q-U-I-N. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what have you guys been playing? I've only played Dying Light, so. I've only played Pokemon. So, Brian, have you played anything? I haven't played anything new. Okay. Um, I played a bunch of Halo. S- still enjoying that. Multiplayer. Okay. Have you broken? Have you played much more of the cam- campaign, or did it not nah, book you? It's cool. It is, but there's I no just co-op like, yet, right? There's what? There's no co-op yet, right? Correct. Yes, okay. that's what I'm waiting for. I think okay. I'm just gonna leave it alone and then play it co-op because you can tell playing it single player that it would be so much more to play or so much more fun to play with friends. Okay. So yeah, I'm just leaving that alone. Um, I also played some Forza and some PUBG and, uh, Destiny 2 and a lot of, uh, The Last of Us 2. So I'm trying to wrap that up before desperately trying (laughs) to wrap it up before, uh, Horizon Forbidden West comes out. I've been trying to basically like only focus on one single player game. Yeah. And then just kind of just hop between different multiplayer games, like in the evening or whatever. Do you feel like the last of us two is overstaying its welcome or is it only overstaying its welcome because you have something else coming out soon? I think it's overstaying its welcome. I think it's too long. Um, the only reason I keep playing it, honestly, is because, like, I am really drawn into the world. It's, like, probably, like, the best, one of the best done, like, post-apocalyptic worlds, as far as feeling like it's real. Mm-hmm. But um, the gameplay, like, drives me insane sometimes. Like, I don't, I can't remember the last time I was swearing so much at, at a single-player game. And, like, I don't even have the difficulty up that high. But it just seems way more difficult than it should be. I just feel like I'm battling the controls all the time. Like, they're they're reasonably well thought out, but just how artificially impossible they make it to aim at people's fucking heads when it's so important drives me insane. Because I'm, like, pretty decent at first-person shooters, even with the controller, although that's not my preferred way to play them. But, like, they make... The way they, yeah, they artificially kind of... Uh, De-incentivize. Up, up the <laughs> the stakes of trying to hit a headshot when something is rushing towards you is, is absurd to me. Like, there literally seems to be, like, some kind of like bloom or something around a head that makes it to where when you try to like move the stick 
like the cursor toward the head, it like goes around the head and then you have to like recenter it. I swear that is did what's you, fucking uh, going did on. Did you lower the Parkinson slider and the options? Yeah, <laughs> and it's still not enough. I don't have a boo on my soundboard, but I would play it right now if I did. Um, um, I just said it also, to shake things up. <laughs> also, seeing as I'm playing on a lower difficulty, especially, and also because lots of also's, yeah, we're really articulate today. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's got like a snap feature. When you're on a lower difficulty, it's it'll actually snap more, and you're moving it is moving it out of the way. I highly doubt it. Doesn't That's seem saying. like it. Uh, well, the thing is, I think there. I can't remember the specifics. Let me take a look because there might be good accessibility options. Maybe uh, that's what I need. I don't want to turn it down to the very easiest difficulty because then I feel like, like I've I made can, it this far. I feel like that's ridiculous that I would have to do that. I can 3D print you that new one-handed controller thing that people are raving about on the internet. Yeah, they've got... So there's a combat accessibility menu in the accessibility options. There's things that include lock-on, aim, and auto-targeting. Um, so there might, That's and cheating. I don't, but I don't know... Well, I mean... If you're trying to just get through the rest of the game... But... It, it, but there might be more detail in there. I'm just looking at what's uh, what's available here on the on the whole uh, on there. Like Sony has an accessibility website for their games, which is pretty cool, um, and it goes into detail on a lot of the stuff. But um, well, I have more complaints. So <laughs> so, but here, well, here real quick, combat accessibility includes things like. Hostages don't escape, allies don't get grabbed, enemies don't flank, enhanced dodge, reduced enemy accuracy, reduced enemy perception, invisible while prone, weapons sway, and slow motion. Oh, wow. So well, kudos to them for having all those options that I didn't know about. Yeah. But, yeah. okay, so you mentioned the enemy perception thing. That is a complaint I have. Uh, I swear they can see 340 degrees. Like you literally have to be behind them for them to not see you. And also they have like, what would be way more than 2040 vision? Like uh, 80, 20. Is that how that works? I don't know. They, they can 20, fucking see me. Vision is, is better than 2020. Vision. What is 2010 vision? Okay. They have, yeah, 2010 or better. Um, and also night vision, apparently like <laughs> excellent night, like uh, infrared vision or something. I don't know. It's, it's insane. Like you'll get that sound effect, like somebody spotting you and you can't even fucking see them because they're so goddamn far away. Mm -hmm. But then like they can shoot you like dead on no problem from so far away that you can't. And they're not even using a scope. And this is like fucking normal difficulty. Like this is this is bullshit to me. Like, it, it drives me insane. Like, just when I think I'm like getting a grasp on the mechanics and shit, like I have these people spotting me from seemingly nowhere. They, like I said, they you can't sneak up on half these people very easily because they're always looking behind them 
to, which that I appreciate in a, from a realism perspective, like that people don't just walk in a straight line and never check their, their corners and whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it can be a bit excessive. Like, I feel like they have a sixth sense and they just turn around when you're close to them. And um, also, in the other direction, their hearing seems to suck really bad. Because you can choke somebody out, like, right next to them and they can't fucking hear it. <laughs> and yeah. all these things wouldn't bother me so much, except that they're trying to go for, like, a more realistic feel. And I don't feel like these really like add up to a realistic feel. They add up to like an artificially difficult feel. <laughs> well, um, I think with the hearing, like it, it, they're kind of playing it both ways. Cause it sounds like hearing wise, they make it easier for you. Like if they were fully realistic about it and you choke somebody too close and then like the person hears you and that ruins your stealth completely. Like that's also not, that fun probably mm-hmm. is my guess so i think i like i agree with you i think a lot of naughty dog games the combat tends to be the weakest part of it for me that's why i kind of always thought that like tomb raider and in, in terms of gameplay trumped uncharted for me oh absolutely but well, I, I mean story, i only played some of uncharted one to be fair but I think the stories in Uncharted are 10,000 times better than anything in Tomb Raider, in my opinion. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they tell a good story. Like, the acting in this game is phenomenal. It's better than a lot of TV shows, in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. like, they really sell the emotion in this game. But um, the other thing, okay, this was ultimately what made me put the controller down a little earlier than I planned the other day when I was playing, like... I got to this point in the game where there's these kind of like larger than normal humans. They're just like, you know, brutes, whatever. They're a little okay. bigger. They, they, they have melee weapons. It's like, okay, most games have this, yeah. but I'm like, cool. Shoot this guy in the head. That'll fucking stop him. Bullet hole in the fucking nose. You can see it. The guy just like shakes it off and keeps going at me. I'm like, this is fucking <laughs> horseshit. This ruined all of the suppo- semi-realism that they are trying to build up. If I you shoot a human I... in the head and he doesn't even die or fall over, fuck that. Is it like, actually human or is it? Yeah, like it's a human, a superhuman of some sort. It, yeah, yeah. Maybe there's something else going on in the story I don't know about yet. Who knows? I I can't remember what you're speaking to, but that the I mean. You know, it's I, in the it's the latter half of the game when you're playing the other character. I assume I'm at least in the latter half. And um, day two, I was. It's like an, in a cargo container area, and like, like by the uh, shore, and um, yeah, that happened, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like this. I hadn't yeah. encountered anything like that other than maybe like shooting some clickers needing to shoot them more than once with like a lower caliber weapon. And that's fine. They're, they're not human anymore. So mm-hmm. I can understand that, but this just kind of like ruined it for me, but I gotta keep it. I gotta see it through. I do want to know. I have a feeling wherever the story is going is going to be irritating but I need to know. And that's why I keep playing. <laughs> Irritating. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just a lot of people that you could... They try to make you sympathetic to everyone in a way, but also everyone is like too... Shitty. Too what? Shitty. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily shitty, but they're just like consumed by their... Bloodlust and revenge. yeah, I guess. <laughs> yep, and and that makes that part makes them a little hard to to relate to. It's kind of my main issue with the story in that one, I think. But but I kind of knew going into it, it that that's what the main drive of the story was going to be was vengeance. An eye for an eye. Makes I just the whole world blind. I just wonder how much further they can take it at this point, and. uh Oh, yeah. there's, uh, yeah, all right. You should uh, finish the game. We'll talk about it. <clears throat> Spoiler cast. Yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> I guess I could go back and rewatch my playthrough because I did record all of it. So I'd have to, I might have to refresh myself. But Yeah, if I, if I shoot two more dudes through the nose and they just shrug it off and right in my face, I might just be watching the rest of your stream instead of finishing <laughs> the game. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that's about all I have to say. Destiny 2, I think I might have said I started playing that again. But Is that, I'm, when's I'm that expansion to... out? Hmm? Or the, when's the new content dropping? Um, that drops uh, in... The 22nd? It's the 22nd, yeah. So a week from Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Maybe so more to say about it then. I'm Probably. trying to prep for that, basically. Yeah. Just get my ducks in a row. The Witch Queen. But I'm very excited for the expansion. I like everything that they've revealed about it so far. My only complaint, I feel, is that um, they reveal too much ahead of time. Like, I don't want to know every fucking exotic that's going to be in the game. Let me just discover those things. That's because you're a normal, rational human being, and the rest of the fan base are ravenous <laughs> fucking morons. I like some surprises. Like, it was fucking cool when you were playing Destiny 1, and, like, you you were finding all these things you didn't know were going to exist. And it's just, you never get that feeling, really, anymore. But, but they have games. to tell everybody everything to get them excited, because everyone's so jaded by the game in general that they're over I've, it. They're so jaded, all they do is they keep playing PvP and complaining about the same bullshit every single fucking season. It's the same thing every time. Oh, PvP's broken, PvP's broken, blah, 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 blah. I can't believe I paid for this, but I didn't because it was free. Yeah. (sighs) Destiny's stupid, sorry. I kind of ignore Crucible a lot now. I I can't take it very seriously. (laughs) True. That that stupid audio clip uh background noise suppressor like cuts most of that out, but well it'll be funny for the people listening to the podcast at least, <laughs> if it's not funny for you guys. <laughs> Sorry. No, Sorry, I, think, I don't mean uh, to shit all over Destiny, Brian, but I'm gonna shit all over Destiny. Well my, my here's the thing, Brian. Like what if you didn't watch all the stuff that came out about it? You know? There's nothing you don't have to, right? You could like choose to not. But His I feel like feed is just he's only in the Destiny and the Destiny Two and the Destiny fanboys and like all those forums. That's his whole Reddit feed. 
I'm just saying. That's the annoying you know. thing is though, is this, it's like if you don't because of the way the player base is, I guess, if you don't watch all these things and you are surprised by them, it's like you're behind the curve and then that's Yeah, and then they won't then you can't be in their group to raid. You can't be in the raid group because you didn't watch all the trailers <laughs> and you don't know all the exotics by heart. I can't get kicked out of our clan. That's not possible. <clears throat> well, anyway. I'm just I'm just putting it out there, you know. I I stopped watching most movie trailers when they're giving away too much and it makes movies better for me sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I a good trailer to me doesn't reveal key points of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I don't feel like I can trust Hollywood to do that well anymore. So I've just cut them out of my life until after I see the movie. And I'm like, oh, that was a good trailer. Yeah. Yeah, like, <clears throat> like the new Matrix movie was basically a giant giant trailer for the previous three movies. Mm-hmm. That's an argument for another Midwest Podcast Network show. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that movie. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's that's fine. We don't have to talk about that. Not on this show. I wish John, I why don't you talk about Dying Light 2? Stay here. <clears throat> I would, but I need another Mountain Dew Spark. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dying Light 2. Dying Light 2 is a first-person zombie apocalypse game uh, taking place in some fictional land that I don't even think they've actually mentioned what it's called at this point in the game. Uh, <clears throat> that being said... If you did not play Dying Light 1, you can probably pick this one up because there isn't a ton of stuff that carries over other than just the overarching, like, this, the world was taken over by a plague that turned people into zombies kind of shit. Um, Dying Light 1 was, like, during the... It was, like, it was like six months during after. During the infection. Or it was, close, like, yeah, like, okay. right after the infection. This takes place 15 years after the infection. Okay. So that's um, the maybe the difference. The world's kind of overgrown. It's a different area of the world. Uh, I think previously it took place in some sort of Eastern European kind of area, and this time I don't think they've actually mentioned where it's located necessarily. <clears throat> Either way, um, the gameplay is parkour-based melee combat um, with, like, you get some other skills and things, crafting weapons, um, if if you're into parkour sort of games, which I don't really think there are a ton other than like Mirror's Edge and maybe like the Assassin's Creed series kind of falls in that. Yeah. This game does the parkour thing fucking great. Like the the flow of it feels really good. Um the physics of everything feels pretty good. The fact that like your character Aiden is his name is what's known as a pilgrim, which means he's a traveler between areas uh outside of the walls as they say. And he he also is like some kind of like super powered human. He is infected and you mm-hmm. can stave off the infection by staying in the sunlight. He has a biomarker, which is a fancy-looking uh, Fitbit on his wrist that tells him when he's turning. Um, and when you go into dark areas, even if you just go into, like, a building, it, you get a counter that tells you when you're going to turn into a zombie. Okay. So that's a whole other, like, mechanic in the game that wasn't it did not exist in the first one. But ultimately, in this one, it's kind of assumed that everybody at this point is infected. And they have to take these inhibitors to avoid, like, getting infected and or turning, basically. 
So, um, so okay. Go That's ahead. Interesting. Like, so I guess the thing is, is if people were able to stay in the sunlight the whole time, then they would never turn. Right. And so everywhere, when you go to the safe spaces at night, there's UV lights in all of them, keeping you from turning, essentially. And then if you're Mm. out in the middle of the night and you start to turn, you can either pop an inhaler or you can eat these like UV mushrooms Mm -hmm. or you can like find a safe space that has like UV lights to park under to like recharge your your humanness. Stay human. (laughs) You're staying Uh human. Yeah. You can't just like down a bunch of vitamin D sub- supplements or well, something. You can, you can eat you eat these blue mushrooms. You, he basically like grabs a handful and like crushes them up and then just like snorts them all in his face. Like Do they does glow? It, Are they does glowing? It mess with your vision too? No, no. It's it's they're not hallucinogenic mushrooms. All the colors get really vibrant. I mean, it, if you have HDR on, it's pretty vibrant, you know, like Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I'm trying to think of there are a lot of things I want to say about this game. Uh, for one, I put about 17 hours in, which is more than any other game I've played in the past three years. Wow. Uh, other it's than, only been out like a week, right? Other than, uh, I think, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, it's been out a week. Um, I'm really enjoying it a lot. I loved the first one. It was one of my favorite games that came out for the next gen, last gen. Um, I think you and I played like 25, 30 hours of that together before we, we I played fell a lot off of it. Of it. Co-op. It was a lot of fun in co-op because it was nice to have somebody kind of watching your back when you're picking yeah. locks and things like that. This game feels a little more solo oriented, I think. Maybe they noticed like people weren't doing as much of like the co-play as they thought they would, but there is like a whole other multiplayer arena mode and stuff in the original game. I'm assuming they're going to bring a lot of that stuff back to this one because there, there are DLC that are that they're planning on dropping. Well, they supported <clears throat> they, Dying Light 1 for like ever. Yeah, right. they, they, so I, they supported it up until they announced the release date of this game, essentially. Yeah. Like, that was like, they. I think they said this is the final update for original Dying Light. Also, Dying Light 2 drops on this day, blah, blah, blah. Like, that was kind of how it went I, down. I think sales have been good enough for 2 that they're probably going to continue supporting 2 for a long time as the, well. 2 had, like, it was in the top 5 of most concurrent players on Steam at some point last week. Nice. Of, of all time. Um which is pretty cool. This this game's great. It looks it's beautiful. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in it. She comes in later. That's not a spoiler. It's pretty cool. I didn't realize she was. It in the game. It is to me. I didn't know she was in the game. <clears throat> yeah, and um, there's there are no guns except for that you can build a single shot shotgun to use as like a one off. Like when you're in kind of a bind and you gotta like clear clear a space, like you can use that. But everything is melee weapons and then bow and arrow, and then I think you can get a crossbow at some point, but. Was, there are no there are no guns one? because there's no ammunition because at this point mm-hmm. in history in the game they say like there's a whole there's a quick mission at the very beginning where they explain uh basically you're not going to find any guns and you're not going to find any ammunition because when shit kind of hit the fan in this particular city the army came in and, and took everyone's like all the private citizens weapons from them and hoarded them essentially and then eventually ran out of ammo altogether so there is no ammo to even have guns to begin with so that's kind of cool that they tied that into the lore. Um, some of the other cool things, uh, I just the the flow of combat in using the parkour moves, like when you're launch like launching over enemies, and the the screen the game prompts you to like you know oh you can jump over this dude, so you jump over this dude and then drop kick the guy behind him, and like the drop kick is grossly overpowered, which is totally fine because that's one of the things everybody loved about the first game is just running up to zombies and drop kicking them. Same thing here, <laughs> it's great. Uh, I I have a weapon perk that I use uh, that I modify my weapons with where 
uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like, it's like blast or something like that, where every once in a while, like I'll hit an enemy with like a hammer or one of my weapons and it blows them halfway across the screen and it rules. And if you, if you tie it with another weapons mod that lights them on fire at the same time, it's even better. (laughs) Because then you not only are you like flying them across the screen, but it does everything in slow motion. Like it slows down, it ignites them, then it blasts them across the screen, and they're flying through the air in flames. And it's like really epic and awesome. Um, it's yeah, this this game is cool. It's like the perfect. I liked the first one because it felt like the perfect like zombie apocalypse sort of game, and I feel like this is a great way to extend on this game on the original one. Um, if you like these sorts of games. It's like Skyrim with zombies, and it's huge. The world is massive. I literally, again, I've played 17-something hours, and I just got to the second area that allows you to use the paraglider. So it has like a Breath of the Wild paraglider, and Rosario Dawson teaches you how to use it. And you basically start off on these super high skyscrapers, and you use the paraglider, and you're flying, and then if you fly over an air vent, it launches you further up into the air and replenishes your stamina and keeps you going further. So you kind of have to, like, time and plan out your route as you're standing above everything to see, like, how can I get to where I need to be using the paraglider without losing all my stamina? Because if you lose stamina, you fall and you die. Hmm. Um... It's uh there there's a faction system at play here between the PKs or the peacekeepers and the survivors and when I was listening to Triple Click talk about this game which um again I'll get in we'll get, we can talk about how much I hate Jason Schreier in a minute but <laughs> basically like they were or saying not. that they all did like the <laughs> the path that kind of leads them with the survivors because like inherently as like kind-hearted human beings like pretty much everybody sides with the survivors so I'm purposefully going with the peacekeepers just to kind of see how that plays out. Plus the peacekeepers get you all the really cool weapons and things like are all kinds of traps and stuff around like the car bombs and like um of course. These giant pendulum uh like wreckers that are covered in spikes and things so you can like run past them and if you're being chased by zombies you can trigger the the pendulum and it swings down and hits and knocks all the zombies away. Um, the chase mechanics are kind of cool and the game kind of pushes you to play at night a few times, like with missions, because in the first game, like there was the volatiles that ran around and you never really wanted to go out at night because like they were scary as shit and they would hunt you down. And even though like you would get an XP boost from it, it wasn't enough to make me ever really want to run around at night because I was so terrified of them. Even though at that point, I think in the, what was his name? Kyle, I think was the character's name in the first game. Like I was so overpowered even that I I still was afraid of the volatiles. So I didn't really go out at night a lot. This game has missions that force you out at night, which is good and bad. Good because it makes you do something outside of your comfort zone in a game where like you normally are given the option to not even do it at all. And it's bad because it still gives you like the craziest amount of anxiety, like for no reason (laughs) you're playing a video game. You shouldn't be this anxious. Like video games are supposed to relax me or you or whoever. And when, when I jump down when I, okay. So I, there, okay. There's so many things I want to talk about with this. There, there (laughs) at nighttime, there are different sorts of zombies. There's howlers. There's these ones that like spit stuff at you. There's like, uh, the the regular crazy ones, the really fast ones from the first game that like will chase you down and shit. There's a bunch of those different special styles of zombies. 
and the howlers, if they howl, will announce that they see something, and then a bunch of other the chaser zombies come running after you, and it, it starts a chase. And I, I like, I killed some zombie or something last night, and I started a chase by accident because I wasn't paying attention to the other zombies around me, and I started running. And there's like four levels to the chase. Like you can make a chase last really long, and like you get more experience points like once you complete it, or you can try and cut it short by hiding or running into a, a safe zone or whatever. I didn't I couldn't find a safe zone and so I was just like well shit what do I do and so not only am I like running away from these zombies but my because it's at night my I was starting to turn because mm-hmm. like the counter started going down so then I'm getting even more anxious because I'm like oh my god like I, <laughs> no I can't, there's nearby. not enough time for me to stop and like take one of those inhalers or whatever so I'm like hauling ass like running through the city trying to find some UV lights to like park under and I'm getting swatted at by zombies, so my life is getting like ticked away little by little. And then all of a sudden, I just get complete. I stopped for a second just to look around and see like where everything was. And even though my flashlight's on, it's hard because like you're panicking. You're like, "Oh my god, where do I go? What do I do?" And you're looking around and you can't see anywhere to go necessarily. And then all of a sudden, I get swarmed by all these zombies, and it was like a level three chase at that point because it had been going on for like fifteen minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to like huff these like uh, the 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 uh, inhalers like every time every chance I could get. And then the next thing I know, I'm swarmed and they kill me and I'm dead. And I was just like, mm. well, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so obviously, like there are ways out of those situations, but they create this level of anxiety and like just, I mean, it is it's so. I've never felt more helpless in a game before. And like, it's kind of cool. Well, and I have to imagine the relief when you do find a safe zone or you end it like is probably fucking great. And then you sit there for a minute, you put the controller down and you, and you put your head in your hands and you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) Cause like, like I'm, I find myself like holding my breath at moments when I'm playing this, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there's there's some really cool missions where you're like investigating like there's a whole investigation thing. There's there is like a uh, what what's the Tomb Raider sense called where you can like see all the puzzle uh, pieces or whatever. I'd call it detective mode from like Batman. Yeah, detective yeah. mode, sense mode or whatever. So like you have Croft a power vision. like that. Yeah. So you're using that. And you you can see like, you know, oh, you're investigating somebody like you're trying to find this kid who got lost or whatever. So you use your sense and you can see like bloody footprints on the ground and then you follow those footprints. And it's very there are a lot of different systems at play in this game that have been adopted from like other games. You know, it kind of reminds me of like the hunting from like Red Dead and like, you know, that sort of thing. So, um yeah, this game's great, man. And there's a lot of little cool things that kind of happen. Like, I didn't notice this at first, but uh, on Triple Click, uh, Kirk Hamilton said that as you're running and you take a huge leap, right, the music puts a high-pass filter on, and it, and it like, cuts out all the low end, and then all you hear is, like, the high end of the music until you land, and then the music bursts back in. It is, like, hmm. such a small thing that, like, at first, I, I guess maybe I wasn't taking long enough jumps to, like, to have it really kick in. But now that my character can run really fast and take huge leaps, like off of planks and buildings and everything, I'm noticing that more and more. And it does create this like loftiness to like you being in the air and then landing and the music kind of explodes. So if you're doing some crazy ass action movie shit, yeah, it's super epic. So the music's cool. It's different. Um, 
you know, it's very, there's a lot of like, doots, doots, like pulse pounding techno when you're like running yeah. through the cities and shit. And like, it's, yeah, it's just, uh, what a cool game, man. I, I just think it's great. Everybody shits on the story. The story I don't think is like bad, but I don't know if it's just like the pacing of it is kind of off, but it's, I don't know. Th- that's the thing about these sorts of games, especially with co-op. Like I'm reluctant to play this with co-op until I get further into the story, just because I want to kind of wrap my head around it more. And I feel like whenever I play games co-op, I tend to forget about what the story is, and we just go around killing. You're gonna stuff. rush through it because yeah. you don't know if anybody's like interested in it. I guess that was my other question for you: is 17 hours in, do you feel like you're doing more of the story, or are you doing a lot of the side stuff? What do you I think? Was- I was trying to push through more of the story, but I took some time to do a few of the side quests just to kind of see. And like, there's like a a lot of these, the initial story areas in this first 17 hours were basically like what your side quests end up being later on. Like you've got to take over a bandit base and you've got to go to the, the water tower and decide if you're going to give the water tower to the peacekeepers or to the survivors and these sorts of things end up being like side quests later on, but they're part of the initial story, which I think is a good way to, to promote like doing these actions, like going Mm -hmm. through and like taking over the different territories and things. And, and there are, there's windmills, which are much like the Ubisoft towers, you know, where you're climbing to the top, but it's a climbing puzzle, which is cool. Like, I think it's a very interesting climbing puzzle. I mean, the Ubisoft ones are kind of puzzles themselves. Too, yeah, the, but. but these are like these are more like timing based. Like there's a moving platform that you've got to uh, like jump jump to and cling to and pull yourself up before you yeah. lose stamina. And then like they're a little more um, interesting than the typical Ubisoft puzzle because well, like those, yeah, like Assassin's Creed, like hold R two and walk up the side of this tower to get to the vantage point <laughs> isn't much of a puzzle. But right, I feel like it depends on the game. They've kind of mixed it up a bit in some cases. Like the Far Cry towers are kind of different compared to. Assassin's Creed, right? So yeah, and like like I said, there's bandit bases that you have to take over, and then you can like assign the base to like whatever faction. Ha- I think whatever faction has the majority stake in the particular area you're in automatically takes over the bandit bases or something like that. But that's even the bandit bases are like they're very much like your typical Ubisoft like checkpoint where you've got to like get rid of everybody including the lieutenant or whatever and then Mm -hmm. you take over the base and like there's there's a a different verticality to it like ubisoft ones are very like single level there's five to six enemies and maybe a couple animal crates and like a building or two in the middle of it this one you've got like three or four small buildings and like one giant building that has windows and things that are broken out that you can go into and like kind of scope out the whole space. And there's more like seven or eight enemies. And two of those guys have a rate, like an alarm on them. So it's not like an alarm that they have to run over to and grab. These dudes are carrying a fire alarm on their back and they pull it out and they start cranking it and it calls (laughs) more guys over. Okay. So it's, it's kind of nuts in that respect to like, try and take these bases stealthily because like there are a lot of guys around mm-hmm. they have a lot of like intersecting paths as they're like doing their thing. And then you've got these dudes with the alarms that end up calling over like six more, seven more dudes like out of nowhere to fight you. 
And there's, again, there's no guns. So, like, if you're trying to pull some, like, cheesy shit where you're on a platform and they're down below you, like, they can't shoot at you, but they all can pick up rocks and throw them at you to stagger you. Or they some of them carry throwing daggers that can damage you. And you have the same thing. Like, you can pick up bottles and bricks and you have throwing daggers and things like that. Or you can throw down Molotov cocktails. But I like to park at the top of the ladders and they climb up the ladders and you just boot them off the edge, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. You which should is be able another- to kick the whole ladder off. I mean, it's another tactic when those chasing zombies are coming after you. If you get to the top of a platform and they run up the side of it, you can boot them off and you can kick them to the point where they actually flip over. And depending on how they land, if they land on their head and like break their neck, it kills them instantly. Does the same thing to humans too, which I, you know, usually if they just like, some of them will just instantly die or whatever, but you can actually like, depending on how they flip, like it can have a different effect on them. Anyways, um, that wouldn't the work is, in the last of us too. They would just be alive and come back and kick. Well, your yeah. Ass. And every time you try to kick them, your foot just goes past them. Like, like yeah. off to the side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm just really excited about this game. I really like it. I want to keep playing it. And, uh, it's awesome. I'm glad just, it's delivering for you because you were waiting for it for so long. Well, I knew I was going to like it. I mean, yeah. it, I loved the first one. It was one of my, like I said, I think it was my favorite game from X, that I played on my Xbox last generation. And I'm kind of bummed I didn't like replay it or anything, but at the same time, like. It's so they, long. There's so yeah, much in there. I mean, there. I think, when did that come out? Like 2013, 2014, maybe? Something like that, yeah. Feb- February of 2014, I think. So. Yeah, probably yeah, eight eight years ago, and I mm-hmm. I played that game like nonstop when it came out. Yeah, I mean, Gojo and and Nick still play Dying Light pretty often, and they, you know, I think Nick tries to rope like Willie and I in, and I I don't know, I once again, zombie games for me just kind of like, eh. but uh, this no, one does like, something different. I can't like. I can't quite put my finger on it, but like for some, because I feel the same way. Like I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that into Resident Evil. Uh, I'm not really. Like, See, that's the like, thing. It's di- like you and I are opposites because I fucking love Resident Evil. Like you give me a Resident Evil game, I'll play it all day. But I don't know. Like that's got the weird, stupid Japanese storytelling. Mister X, terrible line deliveries. Like I don't know. That's tentacles, what I'm looking for. you know. Sure. Yeah. But um. But no, like I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's one. Of, it's another one of those things where it's like if you give me swords and sandals versus like sci-fi, I'm gonna pick sci-fi nine, nine times out of ten. Plus, like the open worldiness of some games just puts me off too. There's a lot to do, and it makes me anxious because there's so much to do. I don't know. Yeah, when you were talking about the pace of the story, I was just thinking like it, it's really hard to nail pace in a story if it's an open world game because players can play the game at any pace they want really they could just keep going around doing side quests for hours and that's why i think it's interesting that like the first portion of the game like the side quests are part of like a a lot of the story quest items are like what side quests end up being later on like i dig that because then it's kind of like forcing you to like hey try this out this might be something you want to do more of later give it a shot we're going to make you do it whether you like it or not and it ends up being fun either way. I mean, there's, it, it's just, it's really interesting to, to have to like be forced into that in, in an open world game. Cause I feel like Skyrim literally like you get out of the intro spot in Skyrim. They're like, 
the world is your oyster. Go to the mm. go go to the the mill down the road here and meet with so and so's cousin, and then maybe see what happens. You know, and it's like okay, like I'll try that. But then as you're going, you like walk past Bleak Falls Barrow, and you're like, well, I'm just gonna go in this place, place and then you just cool. walk into Bleak Falls Barrow, yeah. and forget about the whole mill to begin with. Get done in Bleak's Fall Barrow, and you come out, and you're just like, oh man, where do I? What do I do? I don't even know where to go now. I picked up like 40 <laughs> side quests in this whole like cave that I was just in. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I should track down more of these dragon stones and learn how to shout louder. And then that ah. you go off and you do that. You know, like, and I mean, that's Skyrim. I never, I still to this day, I uh, have probably 700 hours logged in Skyrim between three different consoles and a PC. I still have not finished the initial story. I don't know how the main story ends in Skyrim. So yeah. what what hot when you get back to High Hrothgar like what what happens I don't I don't fucking know <laughs> I don't care either because there's so much other cool shit to do in that game that it doesn't fucking matter like yeah I, I tried which I don't to... know if, I don't know if they just discount the story because there's so many other things to do like maybe we don't have to focus on having this dope story but I think the story itself at least up until the point where I am right now like I find it interesting. For some reason, Jason Jason Schreier felt that it wasn't good enough, but he also straight up was like, I'm never going to play this game again because Horizon's coming out, so fuck anything else that's coming out this year was basically his response. And to me, like, I'm like, wow, you're a great games journalist who only cares about one fucking game. You're a loser. Like, he sucks. So, Well, everybody has their own taste is the thing. And I mean, it's my it. most anticipated game this year, probably, so I understand that, but I'm not saying, I mean... It's kind of ridiculous to be like, it's the only game that matters. He's he's just a petty chump, and, like, he literally, like, he was, like, playing Death Stranding, and he's like, oh, my God, there's crying babies in this. I can't play this game. And, like, turns it off, and he's like, it could be good, but it sucks because there's a crying baby, so I'm going to go play Horizon. How does he deal with his own crying baby? He makes his wife deal with it. Okay. Well, I think, in general, people can like and play whatever games they want to play. Yeah, I sure. will say the crying baby thing in Death Stranding and is it, annoying. It's, it's true for critics as much as it is for real people, but like, you know. The funny I, thing is, if you play the game right, there is no crying baby. The baby doesn't that, cry. Yeah. Not, you soothe the baby, and it's okay. What do you do? Not Are after you the initial the time. You, did you fall off of a mountain? No, the they make the it cry on purpose at some point to teach you about the mechanic. Yeah. It, it, for like do 10 mechanic, seconds. And it's fine. But it's like it's like 10 seconds. Anyway, like, I don't know. It's it, I don't even necessarily think of Jason Schreier as a game reviewer. I think of him more as a games journalist. He's one of the few. It's like him and Patrick Klepek, basically. So, you know, I don't. But that's the thing. I don't listen to Triple Click, so I don't really get his thoughts on a lot of video games in the first place. And I his really thoughts care. on most things but. pretty much suck. So <laughs> I disagree, but. We can agree to disagree. So, I just don't like him. I know, it's it's abundantly clear. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Another um, game with a paraglider. Kind of, it's a Pokemon that flies you around, but it does glide. It like glides down, and then you have to use it again, and it'll pump you up in the air, and then you glide down more. Um, this is a game that a lot of people were calling Pokemon Breath of the Wild, which is not exactly true. It's not a full open world. There's like five or six areas that you can go to that are, it's kind of, I've heard more people describe it like a monster hunter. So there's like six bigger locations. 
you walk around, you see the Pokemon in front of you, there's no random encounters, and then you can choose to throw a food to the Pokemon to distract it so that then you can try to catch it. Or you can throw your Pokemon out at that Pokemon to try and make it weaker so that it's easier to catch. Or you can throw your Pokemon at that Pokemon to then kill it because you like killing Pokemon. Any of those things, the world is your oyster. <laughs> um, the main gameplay loop of the game, you are trying to fill out your Pokedex, which is basically what Pokemon is. There's a story to it. There's missions to follow. And I did finish the story last night after 35 hours. Um, I think how long to beat says the main story is like 22 hours. So if you're doing some of the side quests, you do receive quests and side quests. If you do a lot of the side quests, you come out around 35 ish hours. And then I think they said the completionist time frame is like 70 or 80 hours at this point. Ha <laughs> week. So 500 for dying light. But so beside the story, there's the Pokemon <clears throat> of it all. You go and you get to pick a starter Pokemon. They have the three different starters, your water, your leaf, and your fire, and they're all from different generations, which is interesting. None of them are the none of them are Squirtle, Charmander Charmander and Bulbasaur, unfortunately. But um you get to pick one of those and then you go out into the world and basically like every Pokemon that you find has a list of tasks in the Pokedex. And your job is to complete 10 points worth of those tasks. Sometimes you get two points, sometimes you get one point. And often it's things like catch one Pokemon, one of this type of Pokemon, you get two points. And then if you catch three of this Pokemon, you get another two points. And then if you catch five of this Pokemon, you get another two points. But then there's also things that are like, if you feed this Pokemon its favorite food, you get a point or two. Or if you watch this Pokemon in battle use a certain type of move, then you get a certain type of point. Or if you defeat this Pokemon with its weakness, like you have a fire Pokemon going up against a leaf Pokemon and you kill that leaf Pokemon with fire, then you'll get a point. And basically, as soon as you get 10 points, the journal, the Pokedex article is complete for that Pokemon. There's something like 200-ish Pokemon in this game out of the thousands that exist across all the generations here. Um, I think they go up to the Diamond and Pearl game, which I think came out on DS uh, back in the day, and they just did a re-release of those games on the Switch. Like a re... Uh, I think it was a remake, like a full remake of those in the Sword and Shield engine. But I, I, I really love this game. It's great. It feels like everything I've ever wanted a Pokemon game to actually be. The only thing that's missing from it, in my in my estimation, is gym battles. There's no gyms. Like, at all? There's no gyms. Huh. You do have trainer fights. How are but you supposed not... to be the very best? So you do have trainer fights, but they're not really... They're not like, oh, I walked past a dude in this field, and he saw me by line of sight and runs up to me and then battles me like it used to be. They're kind of just inserted throughout the story. And so you do have times where you're fighting up and you're fighting against Pokemon. There's also some like boss battles where you have this thing where you're throwing a po like there's these legendary Pokemon in the world that are like Pokemon elders or something that the people that live there kind of respect. And they're all kind of going crazy because a portal in the sky that dropped you out of it is like shooting lightning at these certain Pokemon and it's making them frenzied. 
So your boss battle is going to that Pokemon, throwing its favorite food at it enough so that it, like, weakens. And then you battle it to, like, stagger it, and then you can throw even more food at it, and then eventually they stop glowing from the lightning, and everything's good. So there's, like, five of those in the game. And that's, like, part of the main story, is doing all five of those. Um, but, but mainly, like, the fighting that you do is just different people challenging you throughout the story. But the fact that, like... The thing that's insane to me about this is that, like, it brings the anime Pokemon to the game. You can, like, you use the L and the R and the controller to cycle through the Pokemon that you have with you, your six Pokemon, and you're literally choosing which one to throw out at another Pokemon to start the battle with them, which is great, in my opinion. Yeah, as opposed to, like, having the one that starts every battle and having to switch. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that should have been part of the mechanics of Pokemon to begin with. Absolutely. And so it's it's great that like you can kind of tune it to like, oh, that's a leaf Pokemon, I'll throw out my fire guy or whatever right. like that. That's great. The fact that you're literally throwing the Pokeballs at them, also awesome. Um you get to if you stealth it and you get behind them and throw the Pokeball at them from behind them, it like you get a better chance at catching them. Or if you're throwing your Pokemon at the Pokemon, then you you um You get first strike. You get first strike, basically. But if you're throwing the Pokeball from behind them, you get this, like, um, the animation and, like, the speed and the force with which you throw the ball at them so much higher. So, like, if you sneak up behind one of them and throw the Pokeball at them, you, like, brain this fucking Pokemon with the Pokeball <laughs> that you throw at them. And it's so funny to me, but... Um, <clears throat> Does it do the anime have... pause with, like, the speed lines and shit, like, flying Yeah, past? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, sweet. like... You throw the Pokeball at them, and then they go into the Pokeball. You watch the animation where it, like, tries to jump around the Pokeball, and then it either releases it or it catches it. And then, you know, you go on with your day. You keep doing what you're doing. The cool thing about it is that, like, those Pokedex entries are geared towards, like, if you just wanted to go around and catch a shitload of Pokemon, you could do that, and you would get through your journal entries just by catching Pokemon. You don't have to fight them if you don't want to. There's some places in the story where you have to fight but, like, you can go around and fill up the Pokedex entries by either catching Pokemon or fighting Pokemon or using your Pokemon in battle also does those Pokedex entries for you. So there's so many different ways in which you can play this Pokemon game suited to the way you want to do it. I mean, that is very Breath of the Wild, you know? Like, Breath yeah. of the Wild, you could approach from however you wanted to. You didn't... Especially, yes. like, if you go to the shrines, like, of course, like, there's a there's a specific way that they want you to go and get to the end of the shrine, but mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. You can figure out some weird-ass, like, magical spell way of figuring out how to get to the end, you know, mm-hmm. uh, magnetizing certain things or, or whatever. Like, uh, it, it... Like, you... Breath of the Wild was very much a game, like, the the epitome of, like, the sandbox video game where you can literally play it and do whatever you want, however you want to do it, but they're applying that to a Pokemon universe mm-hmm. here, and it just works. Yeah, and it's great, honestly. Like, I'm very curious to see if this becomes the model for what a mainline Pokemon game becomes, or if they're going to kind of keep it in the Legends category, because, like... This game drops you into the landmass from the Diamond and Pearl games, and um, you know you're dropped in there from the you're in the your characters from the future. They get dropped into the past, 
So, like, they could do this thing where they throw characters into the red and blue landmass, and then you're just catching the red and blue Pokemon, which is what I would love to do. If Because there's some of them in this game, but not all of them. It's not, you don't have all the original 151. Yeah. So that's cool. The other thing is, it's nice that there's not two versions of this game, so there's no excluded Pokemon from this package. They're all in the game, so you can catch all of them in this one game, which is great. Um, I don't know how that works with the starters or not. I'm not sure. There is some trading that you can do. I don't know if there's fighting with other people. I think there should be. I would be surprised if there's not, but um, I haven't explored that stuff as much. But, like, it's it's good. There's some crafting. You do pick up resources. You can craft different types of Pokeballs. You know, you have your Pokeball, your Great Ball, Ultra Ball as normal. There's also, like, Feather Balls that are good at catching flying Pokemon. There are Heavy Balls, which are, like, <laughs> those are the ones that you can really brain the fucking Pokemon with. Because if you get up behind them and they're not suspecting you, the catch chance is even greater for the Heavy Ball. Because you knock ball. their ass out, and then it oh, just, yeah. they just get sucked into the Pokeball. <laughs> You're giving them a they concussion, and then they can't balls. escape the Pokeball. So, um, Are there any old balls? N- not yeah. yet. I haven't what seen about any. about wrinkly balls? No. I don't, I, not a ton of wrinkly Pokemon to catch with the wrinkly <laughs> balls, as far as, I, as far as I know. But um, no, it's great. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. The other thing that I find really fascinating is there are some Pokemon that would only evolve after you trade them with somebody. I don't know if trading will evolve them or not, but you can buy an item that is literally just a Game Boy Link cable. So like you would <laughs> like you would give Eevee a, a water stone and it would turn into yeah, yeah. Vaporeon or whatever. You can give your uh Graveler a, a a GBA link cable and it will transform into Gollum because that's one of the ones that originally would only only uh, evolve right, with the right. transfer like that. So um, there's some some fun stuff like that. But no, I really, 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 really like it. And I'm excited to see. Like this really made me care about Pokemon more than Sword and Shield ever did. And, you know, it's kind of making me want to go back and check that out a little bit more. Um, did, now, it it did it's received a lot of backlash over the graphics do you find that to be an issue or or is it i mean you're i'm asking someone who likes playing like pixel games so i don't even know like <laughs> no i mean so the thing is there's like this game would have been better served by more powerful hardware a thousand percent uh there's some cases where so i i didn't mention like you mentioned but they were the able gliding. to do it with breath of the wild why can't they do it here like what is the difference like is the scope and the size of the game like I the think world there were some similar arguments for breath of the wild when it came out where people were like man this would look so much better if i ran it on there were people that were emulating it through wii u emulators to make it more smooth to get like 60 frames a second out of it and um and honestly, like, there are some cases in this game. The The biggest problem that I would say is pop-in. There's a lot of pop-in because these are big land masses. And as you gather the Pokemon that you can, like, ride around in the water versus the one that lets you fly with the glider, that type of thing, when you can get really high level, like, super high with the with the flying Pokemon... Like, you're basically watching the the world pop in below you as you're traveling. And that's distracting, but it didn't bother me at all. Like, 
I mean, that seems like things that could be addressed with updates, maybe. Like they they might optimize a little bit more, yeah. But also, like I think if you really care about that shit, you're not playing the Nintendo Switch, you know? Like yeah, the new Kirby game isn't going to have the most mind blowing ray tracing in it. So like, right? I think there's a little bit to forgive of it there. And honestly, like I think the gameplay of it feels so good to me that I don't really care that much. Like. There's some cases where you'll see a Pokemon spawn in far away and it's moving at like three frames a second rather than the 30 that the game should be should be doing. And uh, it looks stupid, but I don't care. Like there's a Gyarados that flies around in the first level and like it looks really dumb as it's like doing this <laughs> stupid wave thing and at like three frames a second. But I don't care. It was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm probably going to keep playing. I don't know if I'm going to finish the Pokedex or not because it's a lot of like tasks and things, but I really yeah. like that they let you develop that Pokedex by doing different types of things, whether you want to fight Pokemon, whether you want to fight with those Pokemon, whether you want to catch them. Um, it's great. So, cool. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Check it out if you've liked Pokemon in the past. Even... I'm somebody who didn't, I haven't finished a Pokemon game, uh, like a mainline Pokemon game since Pokemon Sapphire, which was the first one out on Game Boy Advance. And um, so there's a bunch of DS and 3DS and Switch mainline Pokemon games that I've never finished. I still enjoyed this one a lot. And there's still a lot of your old favorites in there. So you can check them out. You can get a Pikachu. You can get your Geode. You know, Geo they got dude. the Geo dude, yeah, and um, you know, Magikarp. All those, all those guys are out there. And if you want a team full of OG Pokemon, you can do it. I haven't found any Squirtles or Bulbasaur's or Char- Charmanders, which is kind of shocking to me. But um, I might just not have found them yet. I think I've only seen like a hundred and sixty something out of the two hundred ish that are in the game. So yeah, they might be there somewhere. But anyway, check it out, Pokemon Legends Arceus good game cool all right all right what do we got for news a lot of news to cover the big one is bungie was purchased by sony for i think like four billion dollars three billion dollars something like that it was like 3.7 or something like that yes uh there's a lot of different there's bungie blog posts there's sony blog posts that are trying to highlight what's going on here um very much sounds like they're trying to make it sound as though Bungie will operate as its own entity and not be exclusive to PlayStation, but that could also just be pre-acquisition talk. Nobody really knows as of yet, but there's a lot of language in the Bungie blog post that makes it sound like Bungie's still going to make games for everybody and Sony is just buying them. Um, a lot of questions about why they would do this. I know Brian asked that himself. Um, Bungie has experience running live service games, which is something that Sony is very weak at right now. And uh, Microsoft is not so weak at. And so I think Sony's looking to make more of those. I think there were comments that by 2025, they want to have like 10 live service games that are running and operational and everybody's still playing that type of thing. Um, so I think acquiring Bungie starts to get them there. So, you know, uh, we're coming up on the eighth year of destiny 
Originally, they had a 10-year plan for it. Hard to know if uh, it will continue on after that. Whether they're going to do a Destiny 3 or they're going to keep making content for Destiny 2. Destiny movies. It definitely sounds like they plan on taking Destiny to other media. Yeah, so that's the other thing that Bungie gets out of this relationship is Sony obviously publishes, uh, makes movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So entirely possible for Bungie's IP to cross over into other media forms. And, uh, but Bungie's probably, I mean, they got, excuse me, they got an investment from Tencent, I think, a while back. Was it Tencent? Or was it the other one? I think it was I can't Tencent. Remember. Yeah. So I think they've got something else in the hopper. They have to. There's no way they don't. Um, so, you know, it could be a new Bungie property. What was your Halo game that you called, John? What, what, what was it? What were we joking about? They're going to make I, uh I don't remember. Make a game called Circle. Space instead Circle. Instead of Halo. Huh? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Crown. Bungie buying Bungie being Sony now. Yeah. I mean, hard to think that they didn't wish that this news came out before the Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard, but That's the other well, fun thing like, people are talking about is that Bungie made Halo and then was also under Activision's threat. Bungie was part of Microsoft, and they left Microsoft, and then they were kind of part of Activision Blizzard, and then they left Activision Blizzard. So, like, (laughs) will they stay with Sony? Who knows? But it also kind of sounds like they're getting a, a deal that makes them operate on their own more this time than it has in the past, but we'll see. Uh, maybe they were able to prove to Sony that like being multi-platform and allowing cross-platform is like profitable or something like that. It certainly is the way things are headed, it seems. So, um, Rockstar Games posted a blog post talking about, of course, Grand Theft Auto Online because that's their cash cow. Um, there are Every, everybody glossed over it, everything, and they all they care about is that. That Rockstar said they're working on the next one. Yes, at the bottom, what's next? With the unprecedented longevity of GTA V, we know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready, so please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. Just wait. They're going to release like thousands of Grand Theft Auto NFTs. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Everybody's going to be so excited. So the Grand excited Theft Auto online stock market becomes a literal NFT marketplace, and then financial crimes occur in Grand Theft Auto. Actual financial surprised. crimes. Yeah. The whole, um, the whole eco, watch the whole ecosystem in Grand Theft Auto Six Online is purely based in NFTs and blockchain technology. <laughs> the whole thing, everything you're using real money to buy all that shit again, right? But you're buying like shit for your avatar in Grand Theft Auto Six Online, <laughs> and you're buying hey. you're buying board ape paintings for your fucking hideout and like bullshit like that. The, see, the NFTs. thing that makes me particularly happy. Other than like Ubisoft, is like any time that anybody has tried to put this NFT stuff in a video game, like the Stalker Dev team just tried to do it. Uh, 
what's his name? Troy Baker from Last of Us 2 tried to launch an NFT thing. All of these people who are trying to do this stuff end up posting an apology note like a week later. That's like, we're sorry, we hear you. Like, <laughs> video game players are almost unanimous, unanimously against NFTs. And it's fantastic. It's great. It's really heartening to me. Well, um, it's, it's funny because they already exist in like every game. Like the idea of an NFT, like th- this whole idea that you're using like real money to purchase shit and content in the games, mm-hmm. it already exists. And now, now you have corporations who have already made boatloads of money off of this shit just trying to take advantage of people even more like it's literally they, they've taken the roulette system of nf of of uh of uh of loot boxes mm-hmm. and they're trying to apply the blockchain to it in a way to just continually just skim money off the top for themselves yep and it's it's just dumb. Like we're already everybody's already pissed about loot boxes and you think an NFT is going to fly get the fuck out of here with that. Like no way. Like but but there there was this part of like loot boxes that I think still appealed to people, but NFTs just does not seem to be getting any amount of traction yeah, in the, the video. The games. part that appeals is the gambling aspect of it. And the yeah. thing the reason NFTs don't like don't really sink their hooks in to these people is because they don't understand it. Yeah, well, they it's don't stock get market gambling. It. It's the gambling. same thing. It's stock market gambling rather than rather than like literal, you know, roulette chances. Basically, it's just yeah, it's gambling it. addiction. Yeah. Anyway, Grand Theft Auto Six coming at some point in the future. Well, my six-year-old daughter downloaded an NFT wallet on my smartphone and ended up spending three point four billion dollars <laughs> on NFTs. What the fuck, Apple? Pay me back. I want to. I want a refund. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, there was a Nintendo Direct this week. I'll go through some of the highlights. There's a new Fire Emblem Warriors coming with stuff from the recent Fire Emblem game on Switch. Mario Strikers is giving a new game. That's the Mario Soccer game. Um, they showed off some of the Salmon Run from Splatoon 3, which is expected yeah. this year. Brian, you want to play 3. some Mario Strikers with me? No. <laughs> like I like mean, FIFA? yeah. It's yeah, probably fun. Ass. I'd probably be better at it than fifa because okay we can find out there's a kirby game coming in march and they showed off mouthful mode which is where kirby swallows an entire car and becomes a car now this game's not based on me yeah it's the opposite they they couldn't call it deep throat mode (laughs) (laughs) uh there's a point where he can he can swallow a vending machine and and spit the vending items out of his mouth but anyway this looks fun it's coming march 25th i'm excited to see that um, uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, the sequel to the Wii Sports series, is coming. Surprised it took this long. Did you it's skip just... over Splatoon Three? No, I just I said it very quickly. Said the uh, the Salmon Run. I didn't even have time off. to chime in and be like, oh, I really want to play that. You, yeah, might, you actually I need did to get say a Switch exactly. There you go. Okay, I'm just going quickly through the hits here. Okay, fine, that's cool. Because I know I mostly am. The I only just have said like cares. ten words in the last twenty minutes. I'm falling asleep. Please break in whenever you'd like. If you want, I have tell nothing me to, to say about something. Pokemon ever, and never will. We've been off Pokemon for like. Well, 10 I fell now. asleep, so I don't know. Okay, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, which came out at the launch of the Switch in 2017, is getting 48 courses in a 25 dollar pack over the next two years 
they're bringing a bunch of old courses from Mario Kart games into this game, I which just is feel actually like, pretty rad, in my opinion. I feel like they should make a new Mario Kart. Well, that's the thing. Is like I, I feel like if they haven't made these courses in such a way that it will make it easy for them to port them to a new Mario Kart game, then they probably fucked up. But uh, it's pretty great. It's awesome. Wait, can we go back to the the sports one? Like, what's in the new Wii Sports? Is it only bowling? Because that's all anybody ever played, anyways, or what? No. So my understanding is they have, I think, six games that you're going to be able to play. Uh, one of them is they've got volleyball, badminton, bowling, tennis, chambara, which is like sword fighting, and soccer. And the soccer is <sighs> uh, it's kind of like um, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it it plays a lot like a uh, uh, Rocket League, basically, which is funny. Oh, but you can also use um, you can use this leg strap to strap the Joy-Con to your leg so that you can actually kick to to make the soccer ball going. I was That's totally gonna sweet. joke and say, "What do you strap this to your foot?" And then, yeah, yeah so I wasn't seemed, far off. They that they use that strap for the um the for the ring fit. fit. Or the yeah. ring fit, yeah. But you can also, I think they're going to sell physical copies of the Switch sports game where you get watch, that as well. Watch some kid go outside with one of those on and pull their uh, their controller out and get shot by a cop. That's a cheery <laughs> thought, Brian. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ, man. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Just saying, dumb shit like that happens. He's got a it holster with a neon does. green gun in it. <laughs> no, it's you know be one of the gray joy cons, of course. Get on the ground. They're doing an online play test of Nintendo Switch Sports February eighteenth through twentieth, the upcoming weekend here. So please check that out if you are interested. Uh honestly, like I don't know why this wasn't ready to go from the get go, but um but it's coming. So that's cool. Um Xenoblade yeah, Chronicles three got that. revealed. That's okay. Sidetrack. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles never really got into those games, but uh, I know they're pretty big, and so it's cool that they got another one coming. Um, and then they other stuff cool. that's real quick: uh, the two Advance Wars games that they were remaking coming in April now. Uh, I think got delayed from February. No Man's Sky is somehow coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is pretty sweet. Um, they are doing a remake. Squaresoft is making, or Square Enix is making a remake of Front Mission first for the Switch. It looks great. I'm actually pretty fucking pumped for it. What is Front Mission? Front it's Mission, a, like a turn-based strategy with mechs. Ooh, yeah, that sounds fun. Yes, so I'm totally down. I think they also announced that Front Mission Two would be coming to the Switch at some point too. I don't know if it's a remake or if they're just bringing the second game. Um, but Front Mission itself, I think, was originally a Super Nintendo game that got uh, kind of ported to the PlayStation as Front I Mission just, first, and then it's like, getting remade now. I will pay full price. I will pay $60 for a Vagrant Story remake. It, honestly, if you look at this lineup, it could be coming. Like, I just I want it so bad because that's a game... Like I, I haven't played it in years, but it's a game I never beat, but I always loved, and... I just it was huge. It was a massive game. It was it was all dungeon exploration and shit and it had like a really cool innovative combat system and I just want it so bad on like new hardware. So, okay, we'll get there. All right. The rest of this list here, there's a Disney and Pixar racer coming that's free to play. If it has any Tron stuff, I'm going to buy it. Uh there's a bunch <laughs> of um 
Uh, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed, Unleashed Wii Edition is coming Force to the Switch. The Force Unleashed. The Force Unleashed. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed Ezio Collection also coming, and um, there's a Gundam game that's also coming. That's cool. And then here's the crazy one: Chrono Cross is getting a an, an up or not an uprise. It's just like a remaster coming out. Like they've been doing the PlayStation Square games, like Final Fantasy VII and VIII and whatnot. But they're calling it the Radical Dreamers Edition because they're bringing. For those who don't know, Chrono Trigger, one of the greatest RPGs of all time, Super Nintendo game. No pun that, intended. That came out for the. Uh, came out for Super Nintendo, got a sequel called Chrono Cross for the PlayStation many, many years later. But there's a game called Radical Dreamers, which came out on the Satellaview, which is the over-satellite download Super Nintendo games to this cartridge from your home thing. There's a game called Radical Dreamers that bridges the gap between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. And this game is going to have the Radical Dreamers stuff in it, and that's Ooh. never gotten a United States release. And so, like, the stuff that Square Enix is pulling out of the vault for the Switch is baffling, but it's amazing. And so, so Vagrant Story is just around the corner, is what you're telling me. Yes, Vagrant Story and Brave Fencer Musashi, and the fact that they're bringing Front Mission over. And I mean, there, it, like, it's just, it's all, it's all around the corner, man. It's right a thousand there. Percent. It's, Oh, it, God, yeah, I can't wait. It's got to be coming. Uh, MLB The Show 22 coming to the Switch. It's fun because it's developed by Sony. Um, and then I think there's Kingdom that's Hearts like a games good, that's coming. That's a good baseball game too, right? Like people rave about the MLB yeah. Show games. People really like the MLB The Show games, so it's I, it's good. Is that the newer one? 22 will be the new one. Yeah. I, I almost wanted to play it because you can build your own stadiums, and that's like a super cool feature. 21, I think, should be on Game Pass. Yeah, I don't think it is on PC, though. Oh, okay. I think it's just console. Uh, there's a new Klonoa, Klonoa remake or like something coming as well. Another PlayStation game that was pretty big. Portal 1 and 2 coming to the Switch just in time for the Steam Deck to come out, which is weird. <laughs> Uh, another weird Squaresoft game, Live Alive, is uh, uh, it's a Super Nintendo Squaresoft RPG that never made it to the United States that is coming out on the Switch in HD2D, so the graphics actually look pretty cool. I think it takes nice. place over six different decades, and so it's six different RPG-like games with different mechanics and things in them, so I might check that one out. Another Taiko drumming game. Uh, other new Switch games, it's cool or whatever. And then, of course, they put um, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings on the Nintendo Switch online service. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the Earthbound Beginnings uh, cover art that that hit this service is ridiculous. So I'll probably try and pull that up in just a second. I like the font. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to... All right. Earthbound beginnings cover art nintendo switch good podcasting here to pull up this is what the, this is the official cover art that shows up for earthbound beginnings on the nintendo switch online 
It's, it's awful. Like somebody made that in like 20 minutes. They put no effort into it, which is like exactly what I expect. There's not even a background. No, it's, like, it's but... just a black background with Ness <laughs> on the front. It's still the no... beginnings of a cover. Yeah, still no third Earthbound game getting a, a, a US release as of yet, but it could be coming at some point. So cool that they're still giving Earthbound some love. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Those kids who are just like, Earthbound's the greatest game ever made. Like, get the fuck out of here. Get a life. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, not it's a- just another RPG, but. <laughs> but it's like the greatest one ever made. Yeah. Uh, other quick hits. Uh, we talked about the Intellivision Amico a while back. Um, Intellivision is now asking their fans for more money because they're over $8 million in debt and still don't have a product to show anybody. Wow. Yes. Oops. So uh, Tommy Tallarico has stepped down as CEO, but remains the chief creative, I think, under the the company. And um, Listen, in television, just start selling NFTs, man. You'll make that money back real oh, fast. Oh, God. It's probably... That's coming. I think that's got to be <laughs> happening. So anyway, uh, bummer. Hope nobody bought the Amico or pre-ordered it because we talked about it because it's not looking good. Um, Microsoft uh, got hit with some UK regulator stuff and they're going to start canceling subscriptions that people do not use so if you have Xbox Live Gold or Xbox Game Pass and you don't use it after a certain amount of time Microsoft will automatically cancel it instead of just renewing you year after year which is good I think things need to go this way um, it wouldn't hurt for more services to be required to basically send you an email to opt back into renewals, you know, most of them do. I don't think so. And it's like, <laughs> it's prorated you too or something, right? Like if it, if like you haven't used it in a while, like they don't just wait for it to run out, like they'll cancel it and then pay you back like the, whatever's left for the year or whatever that you didn't spend or that, yes. you, that you haven't used. Right. Yes. It says, Microsoft will contact existing customers on recurring 12-month contracts and give them the option to end their contract and claim a pro rata refund. So that's cool. No, I feel like nowadays it is, the standard is you are automatically signed up for renewal for the most part. It's changed a little bit. Once you, like, input your code for Game Pass or PlayStation, whatever. But, um... They email you ahead of time to let you know you're going to get charged, but they continue to charge you, you know? Well, no, that's true. So flipping it to making it like, we will charge you if you say okay, I think is way better than just automatic renewal full on. Absolutely. I I was just saying that they do email you that you're going to get charged is what what I meant. But if you don't like keep up with that email anymore or you get a shitload of spam to it or whatever it is. If you're in a coma or something. Yeah. That's yeah. They shouldn't be able to keep charging you just because you have valid payment info with them. You know exactly. Yeah. That's just imagine system. how many gyms would close if that were policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. If you don't walk into Planet Fitness for six months, they have to cancel your account. Yeah. They, that should be a law. That would be great. Absolutely. But, um. PlayStation 5 sales fall behind PS4's pace due to semiconductor shortage. Not a surprise, but a bummer. 
Um, Sony shipped 3.9 million PlayStation 5 cons- consoles in fiscal quarter three in 2021, bringing the total to 17.3 million PS5s shipped at the end of 2021. Um, but that is down from the 4.5 million that they shipped in the same year, uh, same period last year. And Sony said it's due to supply chain disruptions, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like we've seen more graphics cards pop up lately than PS5s. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the same uh, span, Sony shipped 20.2 million PS4s as opposed to the 17.3 million PS5s. So, um, you know, a lot of extenuating circumstances right now, but hopefully these shortages end at some point. I don't know when, but here we are like two years later. Uh, we can talk about that another time. John, you posted this one about developers praising the Steam Deck. Uh, Steam Deck previews are starting to hit the net, and uh, a lot of developers are going through and verifying whether or not their games work properly on the Steam Deck. And it sounds like there's a lot of developers that are really happy with the kind of Proton compatibility layer, making sure that it's just really reassuring. Like it's it's nice. Like I'm. Man, if I could sit on my couch and play Dying Light from a handheld. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, and the, like, like the thing that I'm seeing, uh, at least I haven't watched a ton of the videos that are coming out. I'm probably going to before, uh, you know, they start sending out the offers to let people purchase them. But it sounds like the thing performs really well and looks really good. But if you have the performance up, then the battery life gets pretty short. Um, trying to think of where that i mean that's the thing i guess like i'm not so if if i if say i'm playing dying light 2 on that right and like i'm playing i'm playing on a fucking seven inch screen or whatever like i don't need great graphics on a seven inch screen it doesn't matter to me but here's the thing so like they're saying this is um this was i think from gamers nexus their data shows you get two hours of devil may cry 5 with high settings on v-sync you get six hours of dead cells at 50% brightness. And basically, like, a lot of these, four hours of fours of five, but that's capped to 30 frames per second. Oof. Let me throw this at you. I've played Dying Light for 17-some-odd hours, right? Let me actually, I'll get you the actual time. I've played Dying Light for 16.9 hours, okay? In In the past two weeks or whatever is what it says on Steam. So... I most of my play sessions for this game have been like at the end of the night and I go and I play for like an hour and then I stop and I go and I sit and I like watch a TV show with Megan and then we go to bed. It I'm not this doesn't hurt. Like this this 2 hour play time at max settings or whatever doesn't offend me at all. And again, if I'm playing on like a 7-inch screen, like, graphical fidelity is not that important, or else I would be playing on my, my kick-ass gaming monitor at 144 hertz. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not... It doesn't... It doesn't hurt my feelings. I can no. see where some people might be disappointed with that, I suppose, but, like, in all reality, like, I, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna lie. If somebody... If Steam comes out with a, hey, here's the extended battery pack for your Steam Deck, like, I'll probably buy it. Like, just to have it. 
like for when I do want to play for long sessions or like if I'm going on a car ride or something or if I'm flying somewhere, like it'd be fun to have like four hours of playtime and I can play any of my Steam library that's installed on the thing, you know, like that's sweet. That's the thing is I think like in terms of if you're just going to be using it to like play on comfortably on the couch while somebody else is like watching TV you know, that's one thing, but like in terms of being able to travel with it, take it on like a 12 hour flight or whatever you're going to do. Um, I think it gets a little bit tougher, you know, but then once again, like the switch, you really only ever get like a top six hours out of it. If you're playing like a dead cells pretty much. So it's, I think it's pretty comparable battery life. Um, but I'm not, I mean, if you really think about it, like think about the size of the thing and what it's performing and doing for you, like the Mm -hmm. battery life, that you're getting out of it is reasonable is yeah. all I'm kind of getting at. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm so, I can't wait, man. I want it so bad. And I yeah, wonder I'm, like, can like what, what sort of battery life would you get out of it? If, if you installed windows on it, cause it, it's Linux based, right? Right off the bat. You have, if you want to put windows on it, you can, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you put windows on it. And you install the the native GeForce Now app on it. What sort of battery life do you get out of playing GeForce Now on so, this sort of thing? Or is Steam going to come up with their own version of cloud gameplay on this thing so that you can maximize battery life by playing through the cloud? Like well, what got, is? They have Steam Link. You can use the Steam Link technology like you can through your Apple TV but, or your but iPad. That's, but that's through your computer. Like you've got to use your home computer too. Like I'm talking like completely oh. like separate yeah, from. I don't think they're going to go that far because like, and I think like you said, GeForce now does basically tries to do that with steam. You know, you, you have steam compatibility in GeForce now, right? Yeah. Like, so, but the thing is, it says here from gamers Nexus, they were able to get six hours of steam link streaming at 50% brightness. So you get six hours of battery life, uh, you know, Effectively doubling or tripling, depending on how you look at it, like mm-hmm. the battery life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, and then it's a, yeah. There's another thing here. It says three hours of VLC 4K 60 frames per second playback. So that's just playing video on the device. You get three hours out of it if it's at like 4 4K and 60 frames per second. I think the frame rate is what they what they their conclusion was that the frame rate is hitting the battery life more than graphical quality is i think in a lot of ways Hmm. i wonder and it's all amd hardware right i think so huh interesting no i I, like i wonder if that's something that can be like tweaked with an update you know like oh we've we've made we've made the refresh rate uh less battery uh dependent or something like that you know like so this article i was looking at the one that i that like kind of wrote up a bunch of um a bunch of different stories. It was originally from The Verge um, by Sean Hollister. They linked to an article on foronics.com saying Valve is working on Radian Dynamic VRS for the Steam Deck to increase power savings. So this is another uh, different technology for shading that they're hoping will um, basically extend the the battery life of the device so yeah i think there will be updates that come out that make it better and obviously the games have enough performance a lot of games have a lot of things you can tweak in them to make it you know more power efficient basically 
Well, one um, of the things we should mention about uh, the Steam Deck too is that they just released all the CAD files for it. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. So, so like, we could potentially actually make our own battery pack for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could design it to clip on the back, and it, maybe it just reuses an anchor battery pack. Yeah, it just holds like a certain anchor model in it. Yeah, for sure. Like that would be. Yeah, we should do that, and then make millions of dollars. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I'm, like I'm that. just I'm so excited for the Steam Deck. I think it's it's going to be awesome uh because it's like literally half the price of a gaming laptop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, like a low-end gaming laptop. The, the amount of times I, I've sat on the couch like watching TV and been like, I wish I had a gaming laptop so I could be playing a game while I'm doing this right now and like I don't is it happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Cuz I want to play something on my PC that I can't like I've been I I've been playing so I did play some of Dying Light over Steam Link which worked fine on my iPad. The only downside is the Nimbus that I use, the Steel Series Nimbus, doesn't the uh the joysticks don't trigger click like when you press them in the way yeah. that they do on like an Xbox controller. So in all reality, I should just use my Xbox controller with it, but um it doesn't quite have the the same I don't know, compatibility, I guess. Is what I'm looking is what I need to play Dying Light because they're like to use your Survivor Sense thing or whatever. Like it, you have to right click, you have to click the uh, the right joystick, and that is such an integral part of the game that you can't not use it, especially when you're doing a mission that it forces you to uh, investigate something. You need that Survivor Sense, so you have to like, press that. Just rebind it. I don't. I don't know how to do that. Well, um, but I mean, the other thing is like with the Steam Deck and all the Steam controller compatibility stuff, you could use an Xbox One or a PS5 controller with it. You know, like yeah, I but have, I would never. Yeah. It's it the controllers built into the damn thing. I would never do that. You know That's what I mean? I would too. just use it. I would use I mean, it as as long as the joysticks well, on the Steam Deck are similar to like the Xbox joysticks and the PlayStation joysticks. I don't want the short throw tiny ones from like the Switch or like the PSP. Like the switch is the switch is the smallest, shortest throw joystick I would ever want to use on a controller because it just they're too sensitive almost in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The other thing that I'm thinking, John, is like, what if this is your what if this is your living room PC versus your gaming room PC? You know, like what if this is the thing that you literally can dock at the TV downstairs so you can play your PC games away from your PC? It's yeah. a it's a first world problem convenience kind of thing, but you can also take it on the go and use it elsewhere. Like they are selling a dock for it, so you can just hook it up to your TV, mm-hmm. and then you can sit on the couch and play a game with a controller that you pair with your with your Steam Deck. You yeah, know? no, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting idea. Like you know, just be, it's just more and more exciting the more I talk about. It. I just can't wait for this thing to come out. I want it so bad now. Yeah, I assume there's more reviews coming in the following weeks, uh, and then, yeah, they're supposed to send out the first uh, wave of pre-order notifications starting on the 25th. So, uh, we'll see. Hell yeah. Finally, Brian posted this one. There's a Battlefield 2042 scoreboard hotfix delayed to March. This game launched without a scoreboard. Yeah. You can't... You can't see if you're winning. Yeah, how are you supposed you to brag to you somebody see about how team is winning and how well your squad is doing versus other squads but and that's about it but you can't see your individual like kd ratio kind of shit like no that's dumb like that's straight up stupid i think you can see your own stats but you can't see everyone else's 
They made it basically so you just can't compare how well you're doing against other people. Like Polygon here says, at launch, Battlefield 2042 didn't offer a real scoreboard, but DICE promised to solve the issue earlier this year when it showcased plans for an updated way to track team score. The new scoreboard will feature top players, squadmate scores, and nearby players, and should make it easier to track a given team's progress during a multiplayer match. <laughs> like... <laughs> it is dumb. It doesn't really get in the way of the fun that can be had, but it's it's really irritating because this is just something that games well, have had, you know, since the they were a thing. Time. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, I don't know, most people, as we know, people playing to the actual objective, nobody really cares online sometimes. More so maybe with Battlefield than with Call of Duty, but... Yeah. So, anyway... I think that's it for today. Why not? A very long episode. Well, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now is a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., Alan K., Dave Steele, and Corey Z. for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. We record them right after we do these episodes, but they don't come into the actual podcast feed for another week. But if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get them the next day. So just a quick little perk for you if you're interested. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. If you don't want to subscribe on Patreon, you can do so on Twitch. And uh, there aren't really any perks, I suppose, but... uh, yeah, I know it's uh, you know, you can always we have some some uh, emojis, you know, of my face and Alex's and Brian's, depending on the level. You have to pay full price to get Brian's because that's what he's worth to us. Yeah. So, you know, that's right. Uh, worship your elders, right? <laughs> worship them, pay them tribute. Uh, so, our next, next episode, episode comes out when? on the twenty seventh, and in that time, we have Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. Um, Destiny to the Witch Queen. Yeah. And Elden Ring all coming out in the next two weeks. I just, there's no time. <laughs> John's like, I, I love Dying Light 2. I'm going to keep playing Dying Light 2, which is fine. You should do that if you want to do that. But I really do, but I also really want to play Elden Ring. And like, I can wait for Horizon. Like, I can push yeah. that off until later. Like, mm-hmm. and plus, it'll probably end up being free at some point. So, also, I don't, true. I don't need it right now. It'll be um, free in like a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be $20 during the next sale because they usually cut their games like half price at some point. So mm. it's fine. I don't need it right away. I still I still would like to finish the first one like yeah. so I understand the whole story. I recommend um, that, yeah. Or at least yeah. watch a story refresher or something because there's a lot that goes on in that game. Yeah, I'm right. going to need to but do we're, that. But uh, we're planning... Are we getting Elden Ring on PS5 or are we getting it on PC? I don't understand anymore in our group. <laughs> I unfortunately am probably waiting to get it till maybe like next month. Okay, that's not what I asked, but that's okay. Um, we we unfortunately <laughs> have people that and we, we've got someone who's only got a PlayStation and then someone who has a PS4 but wants to get it on PC. So I don't know. 
It's hard. I also kind of don't care because I also feel like I'm going to do my normal from software, beat the first boss, and be like, this is all the accomplishment I need out of this game, and then not play it ever <laughs> This again. is my $60 worth, I'm Which good. Is, that's, what Brian, like... that's what Brian is relying on, because I'll beat that one boss, and then I'll hand it over <laughs> to him. Just hand it off like, to him. Yeah, go, no, man. I mean, that works for me. We <laughs> could go halfsies on it or something. I might be down for that, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Let you uh, play first. So... You know, well, so what you're saying is I should buy a physical copy on PlayStation. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go physical copy on PlayStation. Zach doesn't really need our help. He's the one who's going to get it on PC. That's so true, but we gonna, were, we might need his help, we, we and then we're not going to be able probably. to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyways, Elden Ring, <laughs> Horizon, Forbidden West, Destiny. The Bitch King, or whatever it's called. Witch Queen. Yeah, that's what Witch I said. Um, those are coming up next, and uh, we're going to record a side quest now. So It's a big February. It is hold a on, big February. Hold on to that's your butts. be a big episode. So, all right. Yeah, cool. Zach is saying he wouldn't play Elden Ring Co-op the first playthrough anyway, so. Well, uh, you know, uh, I'd say the same, but. It, it's unlikely I'll make it through one playthrough at all since I've <laughs> exactly. never finished a From Software game Same. so far. Yeah, me too. But also, like, I don't know if this is if this like hinders anyone else's experience. But like, when you have other players in your From Software games and they have that glow around them, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like it, with me, I it just care. looks it looks cheesy and dumb when you have these beautiful graphics and then they make the player the other player glow a weird ass color like like and it's like it's like an aura it's not like it's not like their character's been tinted it's like they have like a glowing aura around them i'm not into that are you talking about invaders or helpers and and when you have other players like helpers come in they're blue i I I think think that's that's mostly demon souls i mean they're trying to signify that they're like kind of not really there they're like then they don't belong in that world i, I don't yeah. know i haven't watched the elden ring stuff so i don't know how they portray that but yeah, maybe it's different this game is meant for like co-op it might be a different story i don't know is it I think like any four, more than like the other four games? player call yeah because you actually get to like choose to join a game with somebody instead of like yeah. i'm gonna stand here and use the summoning thing and hopefully you're gonna come into it well that's I annoying i don't know enough about because if I just borrow a copy, then I'm not going to be able to play with you guys. You'll be able to play with at least one of us and Alan. <laughs> <laughs> but yep. all four of us could play together. Zach says the co-op is way less tedious to use, apparently. Anyway. Well, that's nice. You don't need like a special item to summon each other in. Yeah. Yep. Cool. John, say the words. Yeah. uh, Thanks, everybody, for joining us this time. We'll see you next time. Peace.